Okay, great. The Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast is on the air for Thursday, December 6th, as the year winds down of 2018. Uh, what a wrestling year it's been. I'm Jamal, and I'm here with uh, Two Chains. Hello. Yo, yo. And Hill Will Mahoney of the Snack Society. Hello. How's it going, guys? Once again, back on the Big Gold Belt. That's right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's been an interesting week, and, and as everything is definitely in this end of the year holding pattern. Uh, we know that, luckily, the um, uh, the men and women of, of uh, WWE will have Christmas off, as they should have last year. Uh, so, it's, so all the storylines, is things seem to be a bit stagnant, which is concurrent to why Raw is suffering some of its historically low ratings, um, <laughs> you know, at to date. People are really, like, legit, like, now. Like, you know, people are usually dicks about this, but people are legit now. Like, hey, are you guys actually still watching Raw? Like, with sincerity. So, like... It's literally at a at an all time low emotionally for people too. Well, yeah, um, WWE behind the scenes is definitely in flux, yeah. and they have a couple of interesting problems. Uh, roster issues and injuries will always be, um, you know, at the forefront. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Somebody, it's like any sports, you know, thing. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody has to step up. Now, honestly, people have gotten hurt. And nobody's really stepped up. Nope. No. I mean, so what do you think that WWE, they have created stars, but they haven't really made stars. Uh, and I can't really think of the last star that they made. Well, what, what they've done is they've, they've tweaked some stars is what they've done. Because essentially the hottest people you got right now are Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, and then after this week, I'd say Daniel Bryan's pretty hot. But all that is just because they've taken their characters and tweaked them a little bit. They haven't made anybody new, really, per se. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, and with a, such a hideously stacked roster, and obviously we can make the comparisons of what they're doing with NXT, and even whether it's the, um, the TV side or the Florida circuit, but the bottom line is, is that out of their hideously large roster between Raw and SmackDown... You only named four guys. Well, you only named four people. Right. Uh, you know, and that's problematic. So what, so what do we do? I mean, obviously, you could say, well, fantasy book, fantasy book, fantasy book. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about right now is WWE, do they have to go out and make a big splash and bring somebody in? Not well, necessarily to save themselves, but just to shake it up a bit. Well, let, let me ask you two two things really quick on this. Um, number one, I um, mean, you've been a fan of this person obviously before, and, and this is just a little off topic, but you you've been a fan of this person before I was, and um, you definitely was uh, making sure you were very adamant that I went out and uh, did my research and watched some uh, watched some videos and stuff of them. But um, it's clearly not a rumor anymore that Walter is now signed with WWE. 
But, um, I, 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 I did want to know what was your opinion upon hearing that news, and do you think that's the type of star that needs to quickly be elevated um, to actually um, to 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 save the main roster right now? Um, the short answer is no, because he's going to go to NXT, the, 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 and I think he should go to NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and NXT be- Europe at that, not even Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. If they wanted to send him to England, cool. Um, but I mean, do you, do you think he's the type of star that they need? I mean, considering well, his physique, what he can do for him specifically, we don't know. Okay, because we don't know what WWE they have the ball, but unfortunately, they've taken it and run backwards with it a lot of times. <laughs> we know what who Keith Lee is and what he can do, and when you really think about it. What purpose would he serve on the main roster as it stands right now? What character does he have? Yeah. Now, we know the guy. We've had the you know, former guest of the show, you know, and, and that would be great to see him do his thing because we know the potential that he has. But is he is that that translate into WWE dollars? And that was that's really the wild card, because you can say that about every single person on the roster and some of the rumored people to come in like Shane Strickland and stuff like that. But does it necessarily translate? As much as I love Ricochet, he's probably too undersized to be con- to be considered a world champion on the main roster. And honestly, they, they would probably give him the Finn Balor treatment, even though people that know Ricochet would probably go, nah, he's definitely in the championship picture every single time that he should be. <laughs> but, I, look at, but, I look at it like this, that Finn Balor, Ricochet kind of level. That's actually probably a really good comparison for where he'll initially end up. Now, whether he'll rise above that, who knows? But so many people are like, you know, well, you know, Finn Balor, he, sh- he should be the champion and all this. It's like, it ain't exactly like he's like suffering, though. They got him, you know, he's perennially featured as long as he's been healthy. They've merchandised the hell out of him. So he's got to be making some damn good money between all the amount of merchandise they got out there for him. And I can totally see that being the same case for Ricochet, just just based on his look. So, yeah, it's it's those are guys to me that are going to be in the mid card probably more often than not. But you can rotate them in and out of the top level of things, just depending who you have available. Um you know, another guy who's really like that right now that they're kind of, you know, they're almost pulling the trigger on, but they haven't done it quite yet, but they're building up and is getting right there is Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. They're definitely, you know, getting close with him. And I, I've had a bunch of people say to me, you know, well, they should do something with Drew McIntyre right now. They should be putting the title on him right now. It's like right now the, the, the timing ain't right. It's like for me, his time is after Mania next year. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. like the big when you make the big push with him right now is, you know, you're, you're prime in the pump. You're getting everything behind him. You're getting all the pieces in place, but you gotta, you know, the, the trick always is with, with some, with WWE, especially if you look back at the big ones, like the rock and like stone cold and, and all them, it's like you get all the pieces in place and you get people behind them. And then you make them wait, you make them wait just a little bit. You don't do it right away. That's mm-hmm. always been their formula, and that's kind of where they're getting to with Drew McIntyre right now. Is like they're getting everything ready. We're going to go into Mania season. He should have a real hot Mania season, mm-hmm. and then after WrestleMania, that's when you do it. That's yeah. when you make your move with him. I expect him to do big things at the Rumble. Um, also, too, I think that um, I think that you know with Lars Sullivan being uh, obviously coming to the main roster soon, I think it's almost 
I think it's almost a given that he's going to Raw, considering that everyone that you named that that's hot right now is on SmackDown. Maybe that's going to be the boost of energy that they're putting all their their uh, eggs in one basket with. But again, um, I, I I don't know. To the initial question, I I really don't know what's the quarter date for them to like legitimately um, boost the whole morale with fans for that show. Period. Until after Mania, I mean, it's just it just isn't there. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, we live in this minute rice instant gratification age right now. And even, well, when people you know, talk to you, you're saying that, like, well, they should do this now. And they should do that now. And we're talking about big stuff, like title changes. And mm-hmm. you know, these are payoffs to large to storylines that, you know, traverse months. And then, like, nope, give them the belt now. Mm-hmm. And they give, them, give somebody else the belt next week. And then when they did that with Charlotte and, and, and Sasha Banks, people went, oh, okay, I'm sorry, seeing this. Yeah. Uh, so do you think... Because obviously the ratings are what they are, and you can say that Vince doesn't care, and blah blah blah. But do you think that WWE is just in a holding pattern that we just got to wait it out? And, and we talked about it last week. This would be the perfect time for an off season to, to, to collect, to hold their breath, take December off, or take really June off, and say, "Enjoy your summer. We will see you in a month. Fresh start." But since that's never going to be the case, really, because there's money to be made. Where do, where do they draw the line between, you know, building a storyline when people have shorter attention spans? I think that's part of the problem as much as it is a lack of interest in a uh, lack of star power. Absolutely. No, you're, you're totally right. It's a balancing act. And like we mentioned last week when we talked about how, you know, from Survivor Series to the beginning of January, they always go into a holding pattern. And it's just, it is what it is as they before they start the Rumble build. Um, that's always been a problem. And this year, like we mentioned, it, it's magnified to me because of just the, the state that the roster's in where they just, you know, they don't have the big star power pieces to work with that they would normally have. And instead, we're stuck with here's head authority figure on Raw, Baron Corbin, trying to be the big bad wolf of the brand. And it's just like, come on now. That just ain't him. Him and Dean Ambrose is the top heels just ain't going to cut it for an entire <laughs> show for three hours mm-hmm. you know well let me, let me ask you this because i do believe that uh a lot of things in, in entertainment now there's a lack of a true heel a lack of a true villain a lack of that person that you go i hate that guy every single mm-hmm. time i see him in a legitimate way instead of a uh it's baron corbin i hate that guy change <laughs> right. the channel right apathy as opposed to heat that's the right. difference. And also right. not being not being a cool heel, which is the kind of problem they have, you know, with Dean Ambrose being so well liked by a number of fans. It's like, you know, he he's not being a complete heel. He's still going to have some people cheering for him. You don't yeah. have a true a true villain that's truly drawing him. I mean, that's one thing that could be said for when Jinder Mahal was champ. He was trying to be a true heel, a true old school heel where there was nothing cool about him. You know, and maybe they took that a little too far with there being nothing cool about him. But there wasn't that, like, you know, there was no cool catchphrases. There I'm was not going to no say cool, they, you know, I'm not going to say they took it too far. They just, it just ran its course and they didn't have a backup plan. Yeah. Like, like they didn't expect Jinder Mahal to work for whatever reason it did. And then they went, all right, let it ride. Yeah. And then it stalled. And now we're, now we have AJ versus Nakamura for, you know, 17 times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> but initially, you know, we were at Takeover Chicago, uh, to James and I, uh, you know, with the rest of the crew, and we left because who the hell wants to stay for backlash? We don't live in Chicago; it's cold. 
<laughs> and then gender becomes champion. You're like, oh, that oh, yeah. would have been a moment to see. Right. Yeah, like we were saying, it's it's definitely a balancing act between pulling the trigger on stuff or building stuff and doing a storyline and paying it off at the right time. Like like you mentioned earlier, you know, there's been times like they pulled the trigger on Jinder with like within a month they did it. Suddenly it was like he's a contender, he's getting his first title shot, boom, he's champ. It was within one month they went from nothing to top of the mountain with him. Heck, I remember back, if you want to go back further, let's go back to Paige. The night she came up from NXT, then the main roster, they made her champ on the very right. first night. And for the women, that's kind of even rougher because it's like she achieved her number one goal that she could possibly achieve the very first night she shows up. You know, and as young yeah. as she was, that really kind of painted her into a corner and stunted her growth in a lot of ways because she never even got to do the story of chasing the title for the first time. They cut yeah. that off day one when she arrived. I was thinking that um, about the movie. I was like, and what point is the movie over? I mean, I, I, if they now if they don't have much to talk about the chase there and just her storyline with her and AJ, um, I would think it'd be the title win. I, I would think it'd be her debut on Raw. She I, wins the title. That's it, right? I, I'm not knowing anything about the movie itself and how it ends. I haven't like read a script or anything like that. But personally, I would end the movie with. Um, you know, her leading up backstage to that uh, opening night on Raw, and then her, and then AJ challenge. You know, they use the real audio. AJ uh, Lee challenges her, and she walks through the curtain, and that's the end of the movie. And yeah. then because the yeah. rest is history at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope that is what it is. To be honest, I really do. Uh, speaking of movies, right. uh, did you... the Marine Six? Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you and this marine it. six look i'm telling you it is amazing <laughs> okay how about this how about this i'll see i'll see the marine six if you come down to rivertown to see the r-truth and trey songs movie i mean honestly i i, I saw uh i did see um i watched smackdown hulu and i if there's one thing i did remember from watching this week's episode is that they promoted that pretty hard on there. And I was like, yeah, I guess I do need to go see that, don't I? It's in one theater in the city. <laughs> and that theater is Rivertown because they want to reach a certain audience. <laughs> Boy, that's, that says a lot considering that it's not at Marlow Heights either. So, okay. Well, they had to step it up a little bit. I mean, because but Rivertown, just saying, that's a 10-minute drive from Marlow Heights. Oh, man. Yeah, but, go, ahead, okay. go ahead and yelp Rivertown. What was that AMC? Yeah, it's an AMC. They 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 they, they gussied it up a bit. They got a little um, they got a wing spot. They got mumbo sauce on your popcorn now. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can say I can say in my my uh my uh my my teenage days that I seen more people sneak into that movie theater than I've seen in any movie theater combined ever in my life. Like the side doors is basically the entrance for, for that theater. But somehow yeah. it still survived. So it's not really an after dark theater, you know. But yeah, still, <laughs> uh, th that's that's where they're playing the R Truth movie. Uh, I'm very tempted to go down there and see it. Uh, but about WWE and their and their roster issues, Jim Ross actually had a pretty good idea um, that he came up with about booking WrestleMania. And for all intents and purposes, we're really you know on starting the road to WrestleMania uh, nowish as the Royal Rumble is a month and some change away. So um, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler spoke with Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated. Uh, they're doing a two-man show in Cleveland uh, this, yeah, this weekend. So Ross says that 
Lynch versus Ronda Rousey should be the main event of WrestleMania. Now, as much as I want to hate Ronda Rousey, I have to admit that she's not nearly as bad as A, some of the other women on the roster, and B, as she should be, considering how green she was in, in her first you know, experience at uh, you know, competing in WWE. Number one, will women ever re- re- main event WrestleMania? Number two, should Ronda Rousey even be in that conversation? And number three, is it a sign of how bad the roster is that Ronda Rousey, for what it's worth, because there are better wrestlers than Ronda Rousey, point blank, but she is, she could be considered, and it's a good idea, to main event WrestleMania. I think right now, based on where the roster is, that's, that's, a, that's not a half bad idea. The way I look at it is this since this has been coming up a while for a while now in different channels and stuff and how from the moment she signed, it's been coming up as far as it stands right now. Yes. There may be better wrestlers than here than her right now on the roster, but there is no woman in that company more famous than her right now. Uh, That's what she has. There is no one more famous than Ronda Rousey in that locker room. That's right. If you figure in the men, yeah, that's probably, period. yeah, period. Yeah. She is the most famous in that rock in that locker room. Um, and like you, as you started when you started the whole statement, uh, crab, I- I'll tell you this. Um, she absolutely for, for one year and not even a year, I mean, she's been training a year, but heck, her first you know actual match was at this year's WrestleMania. Considering her experience level, she's insanely ahead of the curve i mean i mm-hmm. put it like i'd put it i compare it to when kurt angle started out is really yeah. the only way i can put it it's just you know she's a natural athlete and she's been doing you know grappling and stuff her entire life so i mean for what it is i think it completely works i figure if there's any chance of the women main eventing wrestlemania at this point she's absolutely half of that match what the rest of the match is that's up for debate right now becky's probably the hottest probably the hottest thing they have my one concern with becky the whole time right now has just been this we're sitting here in december is becky still going to be just as hot as she is now come april mm-hmm. that's a lot of time between mm-hmm. now and then mm-hmm. you know that's my well, biggest cons- concern considering as as that she's goes. not considering that she's not officially cleared as far as i know to come back oh she's clear yeah yeah she's- uh i've been told i've, I've read it that she's not all, all roads are leading to this match i mean they would there's no way to promote promote this uh triple threat tlc match and she wasn't also i'm trying to think did she take any bumps this week on smackdown um, i don't know I, to be honest i don't know well no because she went to the back during the match she yeah, was not I mean, in the tag could, match could, that opened the could, show they could very much be protecting her but uh, as far as her face appearance she looks okay um and um considering how emotional she was uh, when this happened and you know her will to want to be out there um she seems pretty tamed and she seemed pretty destined that she's going to be in that match i i wouldn't think there'd be any uh clicheness in her tweets that she wasn't so i would i would like to think she's clear the match is being announced that she's in it so i would like to go with that idea but i will say this will to your point um and to a lot of a lot of people's idea maybe oscar does win this give oscar the belt that's that's cool um, Becky chasing the belt is absolutely the other spark of hotness that can work here. And considering that if she drops the title, that she can win the Rumble, and considering that her winning the Rumble could choose who she wants to face, mm-hmm. getting her belt back or going after Ronda, that takes you into April easily. 
The pieces mm-hmm. all the pieces all fit. They're yeah. def- the pieces are there if they want to go that route, and especially given you know that r- that the shows are all now cross branded, the big pay per views. Yeah. If Ronda somehow becomes involved in the match next Sunday and possibly leads to uh, Becky losing the title, okay. then that would give her even more incentive. There's a lot of ways they could go about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. I, my thinking is the first hurdle is they got to get the SmackDown title off of Becky to clear the way for her to be in the Rumble in January. Correct. So they could easily do that in a week. And it's just a matter of you do that. If she wins mm-hmm. the Rumble, do you do that to get her to Raw, to get her to Ronda? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts here, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a clear roadmap of how you could do it very easily mm-hmm. to get them together come WrestleMania. Just a matter of will you maintain the heat the entire time, the whole way there to do it. Well, see, the thing is, there's there's two things here. Um, she's going to be able to. I think because the way how she's working her character, um, she should certainly be able to maintain the heat. Um, she still hasn't had any merch come out with it. Um, her WrestleMania, uh, her Royal Rumble access sold, so the popularity's there. This is this is legitimately WWE's first time in some years. To actually close a close a WrestleMania with cheers, that people are going to cheer for Becky regardless. People are going to cheer for Ronda. This it, they might actually be able to close a WrestleMania on a high note, and I think that with the fans backing her, no matter if she's a heel or face, regardless, they're backing Becky. Ronda's going to have her fans. Ronda's going to have the um the the uh what's the word the the um the uncasual wrestling fans paying attention. I mean, you're just creating the atmosphere for it to be the main event and again like i said becky and how she works her character i think without a doubt especially she's the rumble winner and be able to have that as an accolade and to be able to you know brag about that and brag about who she wants to choose and and so on i i legitimately think that um if it ain't heel heat the popularity is always going to be there and i think that's just the recipe for uh wrestlemania um a wrestlemania uh main event Based on what happened with uh, Ronda Rousey at the last pay per view and the crowd, you know, not necessarily fully embracing her and her being affected by that, um, do should she come in to this potential WrestleMania match as a heel, or does it really even matter because people are going to pick their sides regardless based on their personal opinions on uh, Becky and Ronda Rousey? One hundred percent correct. The people are just going to make their own decision on what they want. I mean, granted, a lot of people cheer for. Nikki Bella, who was the heel in that match, and the Bella Army didn't care, and everyone cheered for Ronda because most of the time people cheer for faces regardless. And then there were people cheering for Becky the entire time, even though Becky wasn't even in that match. <laughs> so um, it's it, it's not going to make a difference who's the true what and whatever. It's a blurred line when it comes to Ronda because you know she has the heelist mentality. Um, more of the killer instinct. She is considered the baddest woman on the planet. So that stigma with that, and then you know, the man that comes with that, but she overly gets cheered regardless. So it's not gonna make a difference. You just put them in a match and let the magic happen. Mm. Yeah, no. for the most part, that's how I would think it would go. I would only the only thing I would think maybe you do is just have Rhonda turn up the edge a little bit on her, just her little attitude and her little swagger. You don't have her go all the way with it, but you have just enough there where maybe, you know, maybe she takes a cheap shot or two at Becky, you know, 
when they're going back and forth verbally, which she's kind of been doing anyway, you know, just so pretty much you, you give the, you add, have her add the fuel to the fire where the people that don't like her already, they'll have stuff they can grab onto to get even more angry about it. And then the people who, you know, who like Rhonda, you know, can also kind of be like, you know, oh, she's not going to take any crap from Becky. You know, it's like you, you can kind of play both sides with it, you know. Don't have her just be totally vanilla, you know, nice little baby face, you know, most famous person in the company. She's got to have a little swagger to it, just like Becky has swagger. Rhonda's got to have some swagger to back it up, I think, for that match to totally work. Okay. So, I mean, I, I generally agree. I think that that's something that would be uh, monumental for a number of reasons that they really should go forward with considering uh, Ronda Rousey in the main event. And if you were to say, um, you know, six months ago that I would be advocating for Ronda Rousey in the main event at WrestleMania legitimately, you'd think that I'd be on to like mushrooms or something because <laughs> there's no way. There's absolutely no way. But right now, it would cause just enough buzz on both inside and outside of WWE uh, echo chamber that they can make some real money off of this. Unfortunately, uh, Ronda Rousey was in a match with uh, Nia Jax. Uh, against Nia Jax, she teamed up with Ember Moon on Monday's uh, Raw episode. Nia Jax versus, uh, and Tamina Snuka versus Ember Moon and Ronda Rousey. Hope this unsafe moron doesn't hurt my wife again. That's, that's a quote from Matthew Palmer, who is the husband of Ember Moon. And obviously, he... Uh, Pretty harsh words for uh, Nia Jax, and he deleted that tweet, but the bottom line is is that he's not wrong. <laughs> what do you do with Nia Jax, who, whether it's an accident or not, whether it's you know a miscalculation or not, whatever excuse you want to make up, the results are what they are. And Nia Jax has uh, you know, injured Becky Lynch, she's injured uh, Amber Moon, and you know, she's not Samoa Joe. You know, it's it's you know, the bad is outweighing the good right now. What do you do with Nia Jax? Why are we even what? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, what what do you what do you do with her? Because obviously they've invested so much time in her. Is it time you, to just cut their losses and send her ass back to NXT? No, it's not because I think people are being overly critical. It's just like when a plane crash in the world and everyone thinks you should stop flying that airline. It accident happened. Well, Things happen. Okay, right. Right, you should you should stop flying an airline once. But if Pan Am crashes four times in three years, I'm not flying them. And then they went bankrupt, <laughs> and they don't exist anymore. But to to my point is that you work day in and day out. You you do the shows that no one apparently watches on TV, but also you do the house shows that people obviously can't see. And a few things happen. Granted, yes. But at the same time, if the person that is being injured ain't speaking up about the incident, then I don't think there's a justification for anyone else to be saying what needs to happen to that person. Accidents happen all the time. Now, we, we talked about this before, and that's Ember, from the fact that what Ember Moon husband said, Mr. Moon, as he likes to call himself. <laughs> Mr. Moon. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Moon. That's, that's his handle. That's his a little caption under his handle if, if anybody hasn't known he's mr moon in case you need to know exactly who he was um the the, the fact of the matter is I'm, i forgot my point <laughs> that quick talk about that dude um the, the the fact of the matter is again yeah if, if, if the person injured isn't shedding light on it 
I don't think that it's right for anyone else to be calling for anyone else's job about about it. Now, to your point you made before, Jamal, now it happened. They got over it. They used it. And they need to keep building off of it. And granted, she's not the hottest of, of this scenario, but she is bringing in nuclear nuclear heat when she walks out. I mean, and it's just, they just need to figure out how to keep this ma magic in a bottle. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I generally agree, but I'm just saying that, like, say it again? Let's not, let's not forget that in whatever it was, October, no, it was October, I guess, at the, um, at the Crown Jewel when she won, everyone cheered for her. She makes one mistake, and everyone swears she's so dirty. Now, no, I mean, but we should know damn well it's it's not just one mistake, and it's not just one incident. Uh, you know, there's a history, there's a trend, there's an undeniable trend, and there's a difference between Owen Hart breaking Steve Austin's neck that one time, but that was that one time in his like twenty year career, or yeah, Samoa but... Joe or Seth Rollins uh, injuring Fear and Ballot, like that was one time. Mm -hmm. um, but, but then again, but, Seth Rollins also injured John Cena. So, yeah, and Sting, you know, <laughs> it, it goes both ways. It goes both ways because if I, I mentioned Seth Rollins when when this whole thing happened, that. people started going after going after Nia Jax about it. I mean, when if you want to talk about a trend, then you can also absolutely talk about Seth Rollins between Cena's nose and Finn's shoulder and Sting's neck. I mean, it it, it happens with the men just as easily as it happens with the. Uh, the ladies, um, where yeah. you draw the line, though, that's, I think, the whole question. Um, I think and, pretty and much it, for the most part where it comes down to is was was anything done, you know, with with negligence, you know, or negligent yeah. intentions behind it. And I haven't heard anything to lead me to believe that. So I think that's kind of well, where where things kind of fall possibly. But then again, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I never wrestled a match professionally before to know how this works. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be, but to be fair, though, you can say the same thing in football. There are football players that, uh, that will be considered dirty. And obviously, that's not something that you throw around. But you know those guys that have a tendency to hit, you know, they juice just enough where it's not completely illegal, but it's like, okay, dude, come on. Like, what are you mm -hmm. doing? Right. Um, right. Like I mean, I mean, and those people are well known and they're and they're well documented. I mean, Adamica Sue and uh, whatever the, the I can't well, think of him, right him, Albert Hainsworth, um, Adam Archuleta. You know, there there are there are guys that are known where it's just like I know what this guy brings to the table, but that's not something that you just throw out there. It's based on a trend, and I'm not saying that. That's the thing, though. When people people that are making those assessments about those dirty players. Those plays are reviewed, they're fine, they're elevated, and they're all being diagnosed by professionals. So you got somebody, one of the hardest hitters like Brian Dawkins out there saying like, now come on, bro, that play was completely over. You went in and did it. We find you this time. Oh, you come back, you do it again. We gave you a game. Oh, this is it's the same season. You do some type of similar play. You get three. You get three games this time, and I can't even think of the name, the name of the player for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. But he's a prime example of a person who was infamous on just being dirty and just yeah. don't care. He just yeah, there was there was a guy from 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 uh, Tennessee, and I can't think of what his name is too. Um, that used to do that, and um, everybody has their their thing. Um, however, you know there is doesn't seem to be any accountability um, in WWE. 
Should there be some? Vontae's birthday is what I was thinking about too, by the way, for the Bengals. But yeah, okay. but, but yeah, again, that's that's my point. You got people on the internet saying calling for her job because of things we see. Well, what about the shows we don't see? And also, too, what about the other people that get injured and we don't actually, at least, you know, there's not a name tied to how an incident may happen. Now, I, I may not, I may not be like the biggest fan of this guy, but I'm pretty sure um, Sin Carr isn't out here deserting himself religiously over and over. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has been hurt. I don't know. He might actually be. <laughs> but at this point now you have to start questioning like wait a minute like what's happening with this guy but nonetheless again like unless there's a professional in the sport that knows the person is being dirty i don't think it's right for anyone else and mr moon i don't think is a qualified person considering he's not even employed by wwe and nine times out of ten if you're married to someone in the company you're at some entity close to being on radar with them and that doesn't even look like the case for that guy so I, I don't think his his word and his his mouth slander counts here well, not jacks is fine with me well maybe 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 not you know necessarily him specifically but should there be some level of accountability of accountability for someone that injures a person now obviously you're not going to find somebody for throwing the ball out of bounds or you're not going to find somebody for having a turnover but if Seth Rollins if Finn Balor literally has his career as WWE is concerned derailed because we don't know what right. could have been, but we do know what it is now. And honestly, he hasn't recovered <laughs> since that SummerSlam. Should there be some level of accountability for within WWE to make sure that this doesn't happen again, whether it's sending him extra training or sending him down to the uh, performance center or taking him off TV or something like that. There has to be yeah. some retribution, or not necessarily the retribution, but there has to be some accountability for when people get hurt. I don't and I think they're not thinking about it as y'all were talking about all that and mentioning the locker room and stuff and, you know, different player, a player would know, you know, in other sports, if someone's, you know, taking liberties or going too far, it reminded me of someone that is actually kind of a perfect, perfect example of this. Um, I'm thinking back to how Mr. Kennedy left the WWE. Yeah. where he was hurting people and he was being sloppy. And then on an episode of Raw, he dropped Randy Orton on his shoulder. And the very next day we heard he was gone. And it was straight up because Orton and Cena and Shawn Michaels, like all the big names were essentially like, this guy's a mess. We don't trust him. We don't want to be in the ring with him. We don't want to work with him. Essentially, the locker room policed itself and he was out of there. That's how now, he got bounced. But to be fair, though, the people that you named have enough clout where they can go to management and say, that's, "That's the point. Get them the hell out of here." That's the now, point. Well, now, yeah. because you know, Bo Dallas can't can't do that. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's the point. <laughs> that, that's that's what needs to happen before anyone could be calling anyone dirty and be calling for their job. Other people has to be coming out. And and, and again, we're in the social media era now, where anybody has 140 characters in order to say what they want to say. But in WWE, do they? I mean, yeah. you know good and damn well that, yeah, you could say something, but you know that the backlash is going to be swift if you if you speak out of turn in the land of McMahon. That's not true Absolutely. because the, the Bellas did. That's true. It, 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 depends, like, it depends who you are. The yeah, certain yeah, people but, are going to have clout to do it, and certain people aren't going to have clout Right, to but do that's it. my like, point. Yeah, you have to have a certain level of clout to do it. And like, it's, like I said, the Bellas did it. When, they, when um, Brie was considered dirty when she made her quick return back, everyone was talking about it. And she came out and Nikki came out and said something, and Daniel Bryan came out and said something about it. So, you know, at that mm. point, 
when someone has to justify themselves for someone they're doing, none others come to the rescue, then that is a legitimate no. concern. And and that's actually a perfect example. There's another one that's a perfect damn example. That whole Brie Bella Liv Morgan situation that reminds me of something else. There's absolutely a double standard involved here. There's no doubt about that. And the week that happened, I brought this point up and, you know, I proved no one could really. I don't remember anyone questioning it once they thought about it. But if the shoe was on the other foot when that whole deal happened, and if Liv Morgan instead had kicked Brie Bella in the face and knocked her out on live TV, if the roles had been reversed, how bad would that have gone for Liv Morgan as opposed to what happened to Brie Bella? Same, Liv would have been out of there. She would have been, been involved. Out of there. It, same, it yeah. would have been same scenario right now with Nia Jax. Um, she would have been under tons of scrutiny um luckily she's in the stable so she doesn't have to wrestle all the time but um i definitely think there will be a level of 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 management letting her know that hey you know want to be more safe um this is the type of pr work we want you to do or this is the storyline we're going to go with it and um you know the, to be quite frank they did the same thing with brie because when brie and uh, Liv faced each other again they actually they tried to re uh to uh um they, they they tried to recreate the same spot in which she got hurt with. So mm-hmm. you know they 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 that was the way of basically controlling um the scenario by saying like hey it's a mistake we'll do it again this how it should be done point blank and uh, and after that it was all seized like there was no more about it but um again I just think that yeah it, this all comes down to who has what clout. And I think to Jamal's original question, if there has to be something that needs to be done, um, it needs to start back in the locker room with, you know, people like Rodol to come out and say something to the person, um, you know, evaluate the, the situation, probably peer mediate if the situation becomes toxic between the two people and and go from there. If there's no love lost and then you just keep going, you run with the storyline, you ask what they want to do. I mean, you know, those people travel the road all the time with each other, so mistakes happen. You know, they dearly care about each other. There hasn't been um, any back uh, locker room heat after JPO's been gone in a while, so I think that uh, I think that, yeah. oh, God, I forgot about JBL. We don't need to talk about JBL. <laughs> hey, let's <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I just think that, I, I, think it's, I think she's fine. It's a mistake. People notice a couple of different things, but they don't notice the good she does. They don't notice the matches she worked good. They don't. I don't think anybody's saying that it's not a mistake. It's just that there are too many mistakes that are seriously injuring people. Well, that, what do we could? What do we? Okay, so okay, injuries, cuts, broken faces, things that keep people off TV for a week. Now, are we going to talk about Sasha Banks, who I think is considerably sloppy, who has put a resurging page at the time on the shelf for good? Now, if you want to talk about like being able to uh, evaluate situ- uh, scenarios and situations, me getting my jaw broken, being off TV for a week, vice versa, somebody totally misperforming a move and injuring a person for good, who's really the bigger, the bigger evil here? Well, again, but you saying evil implies intent. Um, you know, it would, would be evil if she was like, you know, fuck that, I'm going to do a 960 moonsault and land on her head. That's evil. But, you know, we that may, maybe Sasha Banks is a bit overzealous doing a move that she know damn well she'll have no business doing. She has no business picking up Charlotte Flair, walking to the top rope, 
and trying to do like a Spanish fly with her in her arms. She nearly killed her. The shit needs to stop. But then again, it, it, it does need to stop. It, that there needs to be some accountability for when they mess up. No, obviously, we all want to suspend disbelief and ride the wave of whatever the storyline is. But when somebody gets seriously injured, and, and I could say like uh, Donald Brashear of Your Washington Capitals, he was literally out there injuring people. And, 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 and like he, he caught the assault charge on the ice. <laughs> so obviously there's a difference in intent there. There's yeah. a difference between um, Liv Morgan being kicked in the face until she got knocked out because somebody had an oopsie or Nia Jax or Seth Rollins or Owen Hart or whoever, you know, well, however it works. Yeah, no, no, no one's out here intently trying to hurt anybody. I don't. That's, that's, that's that. yeah, right. And that's never been my point. My point was it doesn't matter how it happened. The fact that it did happen. Which is costing everybody money. Um, there could, should there be some sort of checks and balances against that? Obviously, you can't prevent injuries, uh -huh. but a lot of this, these stuff are unforced errors that are, you know, causing people to be unnecessarily injured. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think that, especially when it comes down to injuries and mistakes happening, I don't think it should reflect creative. Because if you're talking about costing money, well. Let's be honest now. Nia Jack breaking, uh, breaking, uh, Becky Lynch's face actually made the money. It was a good thing, and not only just that, we also got a good match between Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, which could have probably not been on radar for a while. And considering how hot Becky got, we may, yeah, we may have never got that Charlotte and uh, Ronda Rousey match. So. You know, creating that, creating stars out of it, creating purpose. I mean, it's a mistake, but it actually had a benefit to it. So, well, I mean, true, well, true. That is that is WWE's ability to take lemons and and make them into very expensive lemonade. All right, let, let's 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 move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Jericho, don't get on his tour bus. What? Like seriously, <laughs> don't do it. It's not going to end up well for you. Um, this story is from the Westland Observer Radio. He's in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, and he had a concert there last Sunday. Uh, some drunk asshole tried to board the tour bus to get a um, some autographs from his band Fozzie. So what did Chris Jericho do? Right. He hit him with a spear, like give him like the good Luthez press, and then started <laughs> punching him repeatedly about the face on the ground. Okay, cool. He. Um, you know, got up, got back on the bus, came back off, started yelling at him again, gave him another Lutheran's press, and, uh, you know, knuckles to the face until police got there. Um, so then the guy, he uh, ran away and then was uh, later apprehended by cops. No word on what his charges, if any, were. Don't get on Chris Jericho's tour bus. That's just not a good idea. Um, here's, here's the he still got it. Here's the problem. Where's TMZ at? They're always here for everything else. But well, this was in Saskatchewan. I'm not sure how big the uh, TMZ office is in Regina, Saskatchewan, <laughs> in the middle of December. <laughs> but how there no cell phone footage of this? At I all? know, right? <laughs> somebody, somebody missed out on the opportunity. Yeah. So, so um, we're just not actually. Care. Actually, if you check the Twitter, I do believe that there were some, uh, um, some, some pictures from him. I just haven't been able to find him. But yeah, apparently that's the that's the word from people and police out there in Regina. That uh, Chris Jericho, you know, he still got it. Don't do it. <laughs> so, so we're just not going to talk about um, JBL, though? <laughs> Go ahead. You you do that, then. If that's what you need to do. He's got me blocked, so I can't talk about him. Yeah, we're blocked. <laughs> yeah. Too, so. yeah I'm, 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 I've been blocked. 
<laughs> okay, then there's nothing to talk about here. <laughs> no, I mean, if you just just to make a long story short, JBL got caught doing JBL things. Um, for whatever reason, he decided in his infinite fucking wisdom to tweet at Cody Rhodes. Um, I would have kicked your father's ass, and I would have kicked <laughs> your ass too if uh, if you were still there. Like. <laughs> What? What are you doing? So uh, it's been like a long line of a couple of tweets, like maybe three or four in a row. And then Cody replied, I think JBL's had a few beers tonight. The <laughs> next morning, um, you know, JBL uh, responded with a, yeah, I was anxious and had a few beers and I may have tweeted some things that I didn't really mean. Fuck off, JBL. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know darn well you meant it. You know there was right. some, some bitter, some bitter something came up in you, and that was that was some truth. You got some kind of beef with Cody, and whatever right. it is, <laughs> don't blame it on the beer. And and I think yeah. maybe maybe he's you know venting at Cody because Cody's kind of biting the hand. He's you know he's getting some notoriety outside of WWE, not necessarily um, you know throwing a lot of subliminals at WWE, honestly. And then, you know, kind of, you know, definitely turning his back in a very, um, I don't want to say ungracious way, because if you've seen interviews with Cody, he's been like, you know, my time with WWE was great. That time has passed. I'm doing other things now. Yay, new things. Which is cool. But I think that there's a lot of people, uh, legacy WWE people that are like, once you're in and you make money, you're in for life and you can't leave. And that's, you know, Jim Ross and Steve Austin and the Rock, to some extent, kind of have that John Cena have that legacy WWE thing where they'll never really uh, badmouth the product. And Cody, considering who his family is, definitely has. And maybe JBL in his drunken stupor in, in the Bahamas was like, <laughs> "I'm going to tweet about this." Like, okay, <laughs> fucking idiot. Yo, somebody hook us up with JBL's contact. Let's see if we can get him on the show. <laughs> oh, I will pay that. I will. I will pay. It. I will pay. A, I will pay his booking fee for that. But JB, oh, can we get twenty minutes with just you and Jamal? <laughs> <laughs> Bradshaw drunk ass don't want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on now, twenty minutes, dude. Come on, just you and Jamal. We'll, we'll, what's what's that guy around us? We'll, we'll we'll do that. That'd be fun. Hey, I'd <laughs> that'd be that'll probably be that'll probably be one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, yeah, it makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. Like, I, I legitimately hate JBL as a person, and Bahamas <laughs> isn't far enough away. He needs to like open up a rugby school in Kazakhstan or something. Just leave the internet, dude. Put the phone down and walk away. I mean, this guy's out here blocking people. Like, like he is like on somebody's offensive line in the NFL. Like, everyone I know is blocked by that guy. <laughs> I Dave. wasn't for a really long time, and then I think when the co- I think when all this stuff happened with Cody is when I discovered, oh damn, he caught me at some point recently. Because <laughs> for, for forever in a day, everyone I knew was pretty much blocked by him, and I'd hit his thing. But oh no, I'm still I'm still open. So I'm, whenever that happens, I'm always dying to know what the hell did it. What yep. was it? Because I had tweeted nothing at him to at him. So it's yep. something he vanity searched or got retweeted, and he saw that ticked him off because for oh, the day he did not have me blocked. By the way, this is everyone's favorite question. Anyone who's listening, please let us know who you are blocked by because there's always funny stories surrounding this. And and just for the record, we are blocked by JBL and Baron Corbin to 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 my recent 
to my recent yeah. knowledge of it, I don't think it's somebody else too. But I, I, I know that I, I know that I'm blocked by Goldust. Um, I'm blocked <laughs> by uh, JBL, um, Baron Corbin, and I want to say Malo Ronaldo, but I don't. I, 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 I gotta I gotta confirm that. Hmm. Baron does not have me blocked. I just searched since we were just talking about him for a very long time. I've been blocked by Cody Rhodes for ages. And that was definitely another one where it's like, okay, I know I ain't never tweeted you. So you were searching <laughs> your name and you saw me being critical of something you did and didn't like it. So <laughs> I think I'm blocked by Road Dog also. I, all I, don't, them, I don't have no a block on. Hmm. Well, I bet interesting. I may have said things. <laughs> See, at least I, you know what it is. That's the one to get me. The one, the one. If you oh, yeah, I, I, know, like, I know. I know exactly yeah, why. Know. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly why JBL blocked me. <laughs> but what else are we getting into? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's that's a different problem. Okay, lastly, real quick, there's football to be talked about. The XFL oh, is coming right. in 2020. Uh, the eight cities were revealed uh, on December 5th. Oh, yesterday, um, and. Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, the New York area, St. Louis, Seattle, Washington, D.C., and the Tampa Bay area are your eight cities. Now, number one, uh, Vince McMahon has also sold like 22 million shares of his WWE stock. Um, he's going to spend half a billion dollars getting this off the ground. The, the problem that I have with the XFL is that, except for St. Louis, they're already in football cities, mm -hmm. like NFL cities. So... You know, there's a lot to figure out before 2020. Uh, where would they play, like physically? And the rumor is in DC, they would play at Audi Field. The new yeah, soccer stadium. Yeah. That's it is problem. Audi Field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be a thing. Um, and then uh, Orlando, I believe they would play. They Orlando could is another city that they were thinking about, but they're thinking about 21 other cities outside of this eight. Uh, that that's damn near 30 teams. So. The real question is, uh, obviously, the NFL does not care right now. This one even shouldn't be played during the NFL season. I think their season's going to start just after the Super Bowl in late, yeah. late February or March. Yeah, just like and how they gonna, did it last time, right after the Super Bowl. Right, and they're going to go 10 weeks. But I, I don't, I'm not how sure how well it's going to take off in cities that already have a football team or have shown that they don't really care because St. Louis – Lost the team. They're not exactly killing themselves to get to get the Rams back. No, totally. I mean, imagine. This, I mean, the New York team is going to play in MetLife Stadium. Who who the heck is going out in February to MetLife Stadium to see third rate XFL football? You know, I mean, and they're not even playing like a smaller venue. They're playing in the same darn building as the Giants. I mean, come on. That's got to, I mean, you know, New York, that's that's prime time. So that's, I don't know, man, that that might be intriguing. I might actually want more people to want to come out to considering where it's at. You know how people are nowadays. It's not really even about the sport. It's about where it's played at. Again, I've always emphasized anytime somebody says something about Madison Square Garden, I'm like, that's cool. But it's, it doesn't matter what's happening. It's just the fact that it's in that building. You guys are excited about it. So. Maybe it's the same type of logic. If it's at MetLife, like, oh, it's at MetLife, it must be a big deal. Maybe we'll go. I don't know. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting that that's the cities that they picked. Um, it would be you know, they do have a pretty good names of uh, people that are helping them out. 
um, Jim Caldwell, Jacques Flutie, and, and a bunch of guys from ESPN, uh, like executives and stuff, to, to round out their like executive board. I, I'm kind of interested. You know, I do like the sport of football, though I do hate the NFL. Um, these eight cities are definitely big enough to support sports. And, you know, they already have stadiums in place and a bunch of different stuff. Logistically, it makes sense. I just don't see myself sitting outside in February to watch a football game. Yeah, that I think that's the trick is like the timing of the year is just like, you know, dead of winter. So that that's that's kind of tricky. I mean, supposedly all they've I mean, they're, they're keeping their cards close to the vest. They didn't even announce team names or, you know, uniforms or any of that. They just announced the cities and the stadiums. Um, the one other thing I thought was interesting was, you know, they made Vince made a point of saying that the idea is, you know, they want the game to be faster. They want it to be fan friendly. The tickets are going to be affordable. And on that note, I did look at the link for the DC team and to reserve your season passes for the Washington XFL franchise that we do not have a name for yet. All they're asking for is 50 bucks. So they're, they're not like saying anything crazy yet it wasn't like you know some even 200 250 buy-in just to get on the list all they're looking for is 50 dollars. so who knows i mean for for that kind of you know depending on how much tickets are if they're not that much money hey i might go down and check out some darn game down there audi field's really nice i've been down there they're gonna be in the brand new stadium that united's in and plus they're only gonna you know they're only gonna have five home games so it's not like they're gonna be like in having tons of games in the city they gotta sell so I'm cool with that. Fifty fifty dollars for a season for a season pass. I'm 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 with that. That was to buy in. That was to get on the list. That wasn't oh, okay. a definite price. That uh, was not the yeah. I got fifty bucks. Jeez, my god, that'd be the like King's Dominion prices or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I don't get my picture taken in a in a hard card for for that for XFL games, I'm gonna be pretty upset. Yeah, they they didn't have final pricing yet. It was just you know to get your spot and then get the info when they when they finalize all that. But I'm definitely curious to see what the pricing's gonna be. And I think that's gonna be it's gonna be just like last time. So much of the last launch was that first week. A lo- everyone's gonna want to see what the heck they're gonna do. The real story becomes when they get into week two, week three, how many people are actually going to stick around and watch this? Yeah. And on top of that, of course, what the heck's the TV situation going to be? You know, what kind of right. coverage is it going to get going to get? Who's going to be actually, showing these games? I mean, they got a lot to figure out. You know what? I'm actually intrigued and I and, and I'm not even playing because little do I realize I think a lot of people maybe a little bit tad bit over the NFL and their shenanigans. I think people actually might be intrigued to see something a little different, styled a little different, played a little different, move a little faster. If they can legitimately execute on those things, I think they will get fans to sit down there and watch, a, which hopefully is a two-hour game um, of football. And not to mention the other thing that's going to create some um, that's going to create some excitement is some big names that's going to come out with it. Um, there's guys that still feel like they got it. They got some in the tank. I would not be surprised if a Terrell Owens, a Ocho Cinco, or any of those type of guys uh, decide that they want to see if they can still go. Granted, um, Johnny uh, Football went to um, the Canadian League. Well, they got some of the best viewers. The games he played. So, who knows, man? It it it, it could be it it could be possible. We'll see. Well, I, I, I am very interested for a number of those reasons. Honestly, because the game seems to be outdoors, the Weather Channel will be my best friend uh, the weeks <laughs> of the game. Um, 
and and also it does come down to ticket price too because I don't know like how big the size comparison from a NFL field or a football field to a soccer field um, can it fit without you know some shenanigans happening there? Um, I know in some soccer stadiums where they play football they like cut out the end zone like a side of it and they have to make it work. It's not exactly hundred percent. But with that said, you know. Who knows? And 2020 is a year away. Um, and it will be interesting to see what they do outside of, you know, football. The big three is the thing. It's not a threat to the NBA, but they definitely have a fan base. So, but I think being you know, put in the game at MetLife Stadium is kind of silly. It's a 90,000 seat stadium <laughs> in February. Hey, we got the Super Bowl. <laughs> if, they, if they're able to do it, then hey, so be it, right? Well, true. Because if they sell more tickets for the XFL team than the Jets, then Jets got to do some solo searching. <laughs> okay, very last thing uh, before we get out of here. Uh, WWE had tryouts in Chile. Um, you know, WWE World Takeover continues as they had tryouts in Santiago, Chile. Um, they had a bunch of cruiserweight classic competitors there. Um, some people that have worked for uh, CMLL. Um, they have this guy that's uh, six six foot. 242, he's a Chilean wrestler named Ariki Toa. I've heard of him because I saw him in a match versus Super Crazy, who's you know one of my favorites of all time. Um, he's been around the indie scene in, in uh, Central and South America a while. But it's an interesting um, uh, mix of people that they have there. And they have, will have WWE tryouts in Mumbai, India in March of next year. So hopefully... Hopefully, this leads to a new crop of talent uh, in the WWE sooner than later. But again, we talked about how bloated the watch there is right now. And even though they have the NXT UK, they have Raw and SmackDown. They have two divisions of NXT, one on TV and one not. At what point will they say, we're good? Never. Because I think what happens is... Uh, what we what we, what we've been seeing in the U.S. Uh, evolve being a direct feed into NXT. I don't think these trials are necessarily can are going to amount to uh, contracts, but I think there's a certain level of comfort knowing that these people are coming from a different promotion for them to be able to feed into the NXT res- respective uh, divisions um, when needed. And I think the fact that these trials also are more or less or just if there's a star there, they're going to grab the star. But uh, again, just to pedigree people um, into uh, what the WWE is looking for. So yeah, with, um, I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. Go ahead. Well, oh, yeah. I, just, say- I was just going to say, and I just don't think that they're just they're directly saying we need stars out of here. I think they're just saying this is how things are done. This is what we're looking for. We're either going to breed this promotion or a neighboring promotion to feed into it or whatever, or just a, a sense of hope that, you know, that eventually did that. If there's not a star here, that this is what it's going to take eventually to be a star. Yeah. I think their thinking is they got, you got to remember these huge TV deals. They just signed. They got the money. They have the money. They have the backing. They can afford to sign people and just sit them down in Florida or sit them over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Or tell them, you know, hey, we're gonna like they're doing with the with uh the street profits now in uh Fabian Eichner, where it's like, we got you signed, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna loan you out to evolve. 
and let you work over there. Like mm-hmm. they they have the money right now where they can afford to do that between these Fox and NBC deals. And their thinking pretty much is right now, we're gonna get you and keep you. So at least you know you're working for us, you're under our thumb, and you're not helping someone else get off the ground, whether it's all elite wrestling or ring of honor trying to replenish its roster with all the signings it's making with them picking up PCO and Brody King, or New Japan trying to replenish this ro- their roster with all the elite guys leaving. There's a lot of moving parts going on right now between companies trying to grab people, and I think it if you're in any kind of position where you got some buzz right now, if WWE's looking at you, there's a good chance they're going to be like, "Hey, you know, we'll we'll, we'll throw you some uh, some bones here and uh, put you find some place to put you, just to uh, you know, not have you be somewhere else." I mean, heck, look at Donovan Dijak. Look how long he's been down in Florida, and just now he's finally getting vignettes to get on TV. They've had him down there over a year. Yeah, but just you- paying him. Just paying him so he didn't go somewhere else. That's true. You know? And I, and I and and we we talked about it before in the past. It was a certain match that Triple H saw and said, "One way or another, I need both of these guys. I'm not letting no one else create that type of magic anywhere else." So yep. if we have to do this, this is how it's going to have to be done. Also, too, I just want to I want to say what Evolve is doing is something special, considering that they're about to do a match with Roger Strong versus um, Darby Allen. I mean, how do you not want to go see an Evolve show? Considering that the implications and 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 they're even building these things off Twitter now, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. And I think that if they able and then Pete Dem was speaking about on Twitter that um you know th- that people are seeing what they're doing in the U.S. and that um the U.K. division is going to be nothing less. So expect to see a lot of um intertwining between progress and Tony Storm just won a WXW championship again. So that just means that more and more of that stuff is coming. Yeah, uh, it definitely seems like it. And it will be interesting to see uh, what comes of these international tryouts as they continue to have them around the world. WWE is definitely looking to uh, you know, build a global empire and they're well on their way in, in doing so. So, uh, you know, I'm OK, uh, you know, just as long as it, it works out well, as far as like bringing the right talent at the right time, yep. then eventually you know we'll they'll get what we want like any sports franchise you got to plan ahead while trying to win a championship now so this is the equivalent of the draft for real and they're looking to bring in some new some new talent so i'm uh, good it'll be interesting to see what comes up in march in india but i think that's it yeah that's Guys, all I, have some, this weekend. Some, I have some breaking news that Uh-oh. just happened tonight that we were just talking about last week. Since we have tonight on the Thursday night football game as we're recording this, you got what Jaguars going on against uh, the Tennessee Titans, and it's on Fox. Guess who just showed up on the field? I just retweeted it at Heel Will Mahoney. Jeff Jarrett as WWE Hall of Famer at midfield, and on the cryon graphic they put up, it says WWE SmackDown Live on Fox premieres October 4th, 2019. Wow. Our first official announcement of it during an NFL game tonight. Repeat it again. Hey, Jeff Jarrett is at the game, and Fox promoted him and promoted SmackDown coming to the channel. Okay, we got a second. Why Jeff Jarrett? Because he's from Nashville. Tennessee Titans. But Tennessee Jeff, Titans are playing. Why Jeff Jarrett promote a WWE thing? Um, because they they building him as a WWE Hall of Famer, which is true. Yeah. He's a Titans fan from Nashville, which is true. 
And apparently this is during their pregame uh, festivities at LP Field in, in Nissan Stadium in, in Nashville. So, so yeah, he, that totally makes sense. It was an easy thing to do. It was just yeah. an easy thing to do. The pieces okay. were on place, and it was an easy thing to do. That's right. all. If, if, do, you, do you think Jeff Jarrett has a role in SmackDown going in the future? Absolutely not. Okay. It's, a, it's a year out. No, we don't know going on with that. This this was just something that fell into their lap, and I'm sure like, oh, hey, let's do something with it. I don't think this was anything that was thought out anything more than that. But right. it's just cool. To, it's just cool to see as the first you know acknowledgement on Fox right on. SmackDown Live coming next fall. Right on. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's the bigger thing. They do have a date, October fourth, two thousand nineteen, as SmackDown Live on Fox premieres October fourth, two thousand nineteen. So. Yo, that's right pretty on. damn good. And Yo, they, they would have done the same thing if Hulk Hogan, if they were in Tampa and Hulk Hogan showed up for a Bucks game. <laughs> because yeah. he's just from there. Yeah, so. I know. I know. But that's just funny to think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah but more importantly, next Tuesday, um, the Usos are back in the booth and they're facing the bar in a rap battle. I don't know if you guys remember the first time they, had, they were in a rap battle, what happened. So that's must see TV for me next week. Wait, <laughs> so, what? The Usos Wait. are returning to the booth, and they're going to be in a rap battle against the Bar next Tuesday on SmackDown Live. Oh, dear so, God! I don't, I don't know, know if anybody remember what happened the first time the Usos were in the booth. So <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but oh, you you know how you feel. They had they had bars, and I know they're going to use their name against them. So I'm all for that. I don't know if I ever need to hear Seamus rap. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the other side of the battle there. Yeah, but we can't. It's not just the Usos, you know, being doing an Eminem impersonation and, and like spending like twenty minutes inside of like a garage rapping about things. Do we really need to see Seamus and Cesaro respond? Okay, the, the silence. The silence says it all. <laughs> Who knows? Those segments are so tricky. It, it could either be a complete disaster or it could, it might work. Who knows? I mean, like, like two James was saying last time it was pretty darn entertaining when they did that stuff. So who, who knows? Well, they, also had, they also had two sides that knew what it was. I don't know how, and, and maybe they could prove us wrong, which is why you got to watch. But do we know of Seamus spitting bars? Ever? <laughs> I don't know, man. Do we know of a Cesaro, you know, 16 that he, that he just freestyled that he kicked one time? And, and look, if it if it if it goes down, it goes down. I mean, there's nothing more than a, than a person who has nothing to lose. But nothing more scary than a person that don't have nothing to lose. So any man with two hands has a fighting chance. I heard <laughs> someone I, I said that one time. Yeah, I, was, I, don't I don't know who. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who. Doesn't matter who. Some Snapchat star. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Hide your kids. All right, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, so yeah, close the yeah. show then. Oh well, I mean, it's, it's you know, okay, fine, I will do that. But yeah, uh, October fourth, two thousand nineteen, SmackDown live premieres. But as far as right now, we're out of here till next week. It's the Bill Goldberg Wrestling Podcast for Two James Hill Wolverhony. I'm Jamal on the Twitter machine at Giant Crab with a K. Until next week, see you later. See you.